Hi, welcome to my weekly Parsha share this week for Parsha's Boy. This week's share is sponsored by Ed and Cecile Gromis in memory of Ed's mother, Chana Gromis, Chana Basmosh Yehuda, Aleha HaShalom, whose yard site is on the 7th of Shvat. May Hanashama have an Aliyah and may we all be zeichet to see Tchias HaMesim. At the beginning of chapter 12 in Shmois, in Parshas Boi, the Pasuk says, HaChodesh HaZeh Lochem, Rosh Chodoshim, Rishon Hu Lochem, Lechod Sheashona. This month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first of the months of the year for you. This mitzvah is about the creation of a unique Jewish calendar based on lunar months. And it's given to the whole Jewish nation, Daber el kol adas b'nei Yisrael. Speak to the whole congregation of the b'nei Yisrael. In fact, it is the first mitzvah in the Torah given to the Jewish nation as a whole. How strange. Why is the mitzvah of determining the months of the year, the first mitzvah in the Torah given to the entire Jewish people? To be blunt, it's an odd mitzvah. Let me explain. In Jewish law, if we follow the Torah's expectations, the day that a month, by which I mean every month, begins, is not something that we just look up on a calendar that's hanging on the wall. It's not preset many years in advance. No, the proper way for it to be done is that it can only be determined via human initiative. Two witnesses, ordinary folk, not special rabbis or priests, it can literally be anybody. They come along and they have to testify that they were in a very dark outdoors place, a place without any light pollution, and that they saw the first sliver of the new moon in the sky. Their report is given to the Sanhedrin, and there's a whole process of how the witnesses are cross-examined, and then if their testimony is accepted, the Sanhedrin goes ahead and declares the new month. So again, here's the question. Why is the mitzvah of determining the new months of the Jewish year the very first mitzvah in the Torah given to the entire Jewish people? I want to ask another question. This mitzvah is found immediately prior to the death of the firstborn Egyptians, Makas Bechoros, which is then followed by the redemption of the Jewish people from Egypt. Displacement is, to put it mildly, quite peculiar. The only rational reason to explain displacement is that there is a connection between the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh and the redemption from Egypt. Okay, but what is that connection? That's the second question. They're both good questions, right? Well, you know, I like doing things backwards. So let me answer the second question first, and through the answer to the second question, we'll arrive at an answer for the first question as well. The Torah commentator, Ravadia Sofarno, he lived in 16th century Italy, is adamant that slaves in Egypt had absolutely no control over their time, and as a result of that, they had no control over their lives. The slaves were worked to the point of exhaustion, but they couldn't rest because their time did not belong to them. There were always still more demands made on their time. 
Now, that being the case, the central benefit for the slaves, if they managed to achieve freedom and independence, would be that they would be able to do what they wanted to do, which means that they would be able to live a life in the service of God, in the service of Hashem. Says the Svarna, do you know why this mitzvah is placed before the final Makkah? Why it's placed, why it's recorded just before the redemption? Because this mitzvah is not just some random mitzvah. It is redemption. The greatest symbol of the nation's freedom was the fact that they had control over their time. And that's why it had to be the first mitzvah given to the Jewish people as a whole, because it represented the freedom they would imminently have to control their lives. If you can decide when the month starts, when your dates are going to be, you're free. You're not a slave. Now, our world is, it's what we call it, a free world. We all have the choice to do what we want with our time. But, and this is important, with freedom comes responsibility. Because we are free, we have the responsibility to identify what is most important to us, what our values are, and then to commit our time properly to those goals and values so that we can fulfill our goals and actualize our values. Another commentator of Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, the Nitziv, views the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh as being integral to the transition from pre-slavery to post-slavery, but for another reason. He says that the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh distinguishes the Jewish people from the rest of the world. That is why it says in the Pasuk, HaChodesh Hazer Lochem, to you, for you, after having been in Egypt for hundreds of years, our ancestors inevitably were heavily influenced by its culture. Now that they were leaving Egypt, they needed a constant reminder that they were no longer part of the Egyptian world, that they were now, and for all time, Jews. But how could they do that? Easy. The rest of the human world, and even the natural world, is almost exclusively focused on the solar system, on the sun. The sun is the source of energy, of light, of warmth, of seasons, of everything. With the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, our ancestors were instructed to follow the lunar calendar, to follow the moon. It's not that there's something inherently special about the moon. The purpose of using it as our calendar setting object and not the sun instills in us the realization that we Jews have a higher calling. We are totally and utterly committed to what we need to do. We don't just imitate the rest of the world. And just in case you're thinking, hey, one second, what about Islam? Islam also follows the lunar calendar. So that means we are like the Muslims. Maybe if Muslims are using a lunar calendar, we need to find a new way of determining months. Good question, huh? Well, if you think that, 
you're making a mistake. Firstly, Jews were the first ones to follow the lunar calendar long, long before Muslims existed. So they are just copying us, not the other way around, which is fine. Imitation is the finest form of flattery. But here's the most important point of all. Even after Islam adopted the lunar calendar, the Jewish calendar remained unique because we use a hybrid of both the lunar and solar calendars and we insert a leap month every two or three years to keep our lunar calendar in sync with the solar year. This detail is also derived from the Exodus story because we were given a separate mitzvah to remember the liberation from Egypt when? In the springtime. This timing can only happen every year by incorporating elements of the solar calendar into the lunar calendar, preventing our holidays from floating through all the seasons, just like Ramadan does. Both Svorno and the Natsiv attach great significance to the timing of the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh right before the redemption from Egypt. Perhaps in light of the Natsiv's explanation that Rosh Chodesh enables us not to imitate the cultures around us, Rosh Chodesh became the first mitzvah because it is only with a unique identity that our people could move forward after emerging from slavery in Egypt. Only as a unique nation could we receive the Torah and everything that goes along with that. Similarly, in light of Sforno's explanation that Rosh Chodesh grants us control over time, Rosh Chodesh provides the foundation for all the mitzvahs that are to come. Without independently controlling our own time, how can we be expected to follow the Torah? How would we be able to identify our values? How can we possibly commit to doing what is most important to us if we are still slaves in Egypt or to whatever it is that Egypt represents. I said before that we in the modern world have freedom, that we have control over our time. But do we? Do we really have control over our time? Sometimes I think that we are in the process of losing control of our time for the first time in thousands of years. Maybe we have already lost it. While we may not be slaves in practical terms, we are slaves to the buzz on our smartphones as a text or a WhatsApp comes through, or, and to the ding of an email coming through on our laptops. In real terms, maybe we are also enslaved. The buzzers and dings and chimes and rings are a kind of Egypt. When do we ever have time to ourselves, to think, to pray, to reflect, to be ourselves, and to be what God wants us to be. How can we possibly identify our values if we don't have time to think for ourselves? And even if we do identify those values, how can we proper, properly live in accordance with them if we can't shake ourselves off of our constant connection to a world that probably conflicts with many of those values. This is a very important lesson to remember for the Pesach Seder. 
Pesach is not just about recalling that we were slaves in Egypt and that God set us free. We need to think about how we are slaves right now and how we need God right now to help set us free. All of us need a Yetzias Mitzrayim shake-up. If all we are thinking about at the Seder is pyramids and Egyptian taskmasters, then we miss the point completely. It is critical that we understand what is enslaving us today. And then we need to free ourselves from that. Maybe technology is your Egypt, or maybe it's something else that's your Egypt. When we learn the chapter of HaChodesh HaZelochem, we need to remember it's Lochem. It's for all of us, for all time, even right now. I have one more point that I want to raise. The first Rashi in the Torah, the Rashi that we all begin learning when we first learn the very first posuk in Bereshis. Bereshis Borelokim Esa Shomayim Esa Oretz. Rashi says, I'm going to look at it, he says as follows, Omar Rabbi Yitzchok, many people think this is Rashi's father's, father's name was Yitzchok. Omar Rabbi Yitzchok, Lo yotzorich lahaschiles ha-Torah, elo me'achoydesh ha-zelochem. Actually, the Torah should have started with this mitzvah. In Parshas Boi, everything that comes before is kind of superfluous. That's the first mitzvah given to the Jewish people. Shehi mitzvah is shoinosh and it's stavu boy Yisrael. It is the first mitzvah that's given to the Jewish people. Umataam posach bivreshis. So why did the Torah start with Breshis, Borele, Kimes, Hashemimes, Oretz, with the creation narrative, with the story of Noah, with the story of, uh, of Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, his brothers? Why do we need to know all that? Mishum koyach masov higid la'amoi loseis lohem nachlas goyim. The Apostle Gentilim that says that we are going to inherit, as it were, the inheritance, the property, the land, of the nations. Well, we know which land that is. That's the land of Canaan. What gives us the right to be in Eretz Israel? What gives us the right to take away land from the nations that lived there before we were there? Who gives us the right to be there? This is the Rashi. Shem yoimru If the nations of the world would ever accuse the Jewish nation of being robbers, Thieves, bandits, for living in Eretz Yisrael. Shekvashtem artsoi shiva goyim, because you have conquered and taken away the land that belongs to the seven nations that were in Canaan. Heim oimrim lohem kola oretz shela kodesh baruchuhi. You know what the Jewish people can answer? It doesn't belong to any nation. It belongs to the nation who belongs to God. Because every inch, every square inch of land, the whole world, belongs to God. How do we know that? Because the, we have the narrative of Maaseh Who created the world? God. Then who decides where people live? God. That's the Rashi. Who He created it. And he gave it to the people that he wanted to have it. He gave it with his full will. It was his will that the Jewish people should be in the land of Israel. First he gave it to the seven nations. Now he's taken it from them and he's given it to us. That is the 
reason why HaChodesh HaZelochem isn't the first mitzvah or the beginning of the Torah, but it is the first mitzvah that is given to the Jewish people as a whole. The Chidah quotes a beautiful medrash. The medrash is at, actually in Miketz, in, in Akev. And it, the medrash says as follows. What comes before Akev is, if you listen to the word of Hashem, you're going to have many, many blessings. It's one of the several times in Dvarim where Moshe Rabbeinu recalls and records the incredible blessings that the Jewish people will receive if they honor the word of God and if they continue properly in the service of God. But what came just before Vahoyo Ekeb Tishmu'un Loi me mikola amim choshek Hashem bochem Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people it's not because of the rubchem beino amim that God desires you, God wants you, God has chosen you. What is that? What does that mean? says the Medrash, It's not because you are more numerous than all the nations, the smallest nation in the world to this day, the smallest nation of any significance in this world is the Jewish nation. And it's always been so, and it was like it that then, it's like that now, and it's been that like that throughout our history. We were never as numerous or as strong or as powerful as the greatest nations. We were small in number. So that can't be what it means when the Pesach says, And don't think it's because you're doing a mitzvah more than them. It's a bit of a confounding medrash because the medrash then goes on to say, They do mitzvahs that they've not been commanded to do. Oh, you know, they give tzedakah, you know, this... Is confounding because elsewhere Chazal say God that somebody who's commanded to do a mitzvah is greater than somebody who's not being commanded to do a mitzvah and does it. But whatever, we'll get to that question another time, perhaps. But here, in the context of this medrash, we cannot consider ourselves greater than the nations of the world because we perform mitzvahs, because they also perform mitzvahs, and they perform many more than us because there are many more of them than there are of us, and. And in fact, through that, they, they carry out a Kiddush Hashem. They sanctify and glorify my name more than any of you could do. And in fact, there's a Pasuk in Malachi to prove it. The Pasuk there says that from, from, ev from every corner of the globe, from one side of the world to the other, from the east until the west, every nation glorifies and sanctifies God, and therefore, I don't need the Jewish people for that. So what do I need the Jewish people for? That's the question. Says the Medrash, Why is it? Ki atem ha-ma'at. In fact, the whole reason is, Yo ma'at, elo lefonai. Not that you are the smallest in number, but because you are mamayit yourselves, you make yourself small. You're not arrogant. You're not pompous. You're not haughty. You don't take yourselves seriously. You do the mitzvah and you do it and you don't say to yourself, I'm so special because I did a mitzvah. I'm so marvelous because I carried out the will of Hashem. I'm so fantastic because look at all the wonderful things I am doing. You don't do that. You're mamait yourselves. 
That's why I love you. That's what the posit means. Why do I love you? Because you are, you are humble in the face of God, even when you are doing that which God expects of you. I do love you, says God Almighty. Says the Chidor. Do you know why HaChodesh HaZelochem is the first mitzvah that's given to the Jewish nation? Because do you know why you're a Jewish nation? Do you know why you're getting out of Egypt? Do you know why I'm choosing you to receive the Torah at Mount Sinai? Only if you remember the story of the moon. The moon which was, according to Chazal, in this fanciful idea, was arrogant, wanted to be more than the sun, and it became reduced. It's, it, it has a mute, it's a reflection of the sun, and it's at its smallest and most insignificant at the beginning of the month. Remember, Jewish people, do you know what you are? You need to be like the moon. You need to be not like the sun, the sun which is big and mighty and strong and hot and all of those other things full of energy. The moon is a mere reflection of that. That's how you are. You are only a reflection of what Hashem puts inside you. Do you know what makes you special? If you reflect that which Hashem wants you to do. But do it through miyut. Don't do it through arrogance. Don't be pompous. Don't be self-important. Don't imagine that because you do a mitzvah that you're special because you know what? Then you're just like the nations of the world who do mitzvahs and expect tremendous amount of recognition for the mitzvahs that they do. And there's many more of them. Do you know what make, makes you stand out, Jewish people? That's why it's the first mitzvah that's given to the Jewish people. You, the Jewish people, you have to be the ones who are a reflection of the humility that is expected of you and that is expected of all those who are in the service of Hashem. We'll leave it here today. Thank you.